Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, beautiful soul and wonderful citizen of planet Earth. What a privilege and honor to be with you today. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you're doing fantastic. Sending you a massive hug through the airwaves. We have another amazing episode for you today. We have Ruth Sukup on the podcast and we are talking about the seven archetypes of fear and courage. This is a very practical episode. There's tons of amazing insights in here. Ruth is a New York Times bestselling author, and she's also done a lot of research on um, fear and how to overcome it and how to build the courage muscle. So we talk about Ruth's journey into blogging. We talk about um, playing the long game, creating a tribe. We talk about getting through the messy middle. Then we get into the seven different fear archetypes, and you can find out your own fear archetype at doitscare.com. That's her new book. So So that would be probably some very good and useful information to have. Um, We talk about the positive side of each fear, how to identify and change your core beliefs, how we can leverage fear, how we can build the courage muscle. And this is just a tip of the iceberg. This is a fantastic episode. There's tons of valuable content in there. If you want to support the show while you're listening, take a screenshot, tag me at Matt Belair, tag Ruth Sukup as well. Let us know where you're listening. Um, Share the episode, leaving a review and iTunes is super helpful for the rankings and all that kind of uh, iTunes magic. I want to thank Enya WKKKKKK from the UK. Um, She wrote uh, one of the best podcasts in the world. This podcast has changed my life, resonates on every level, resonates on a level that only I seem to function on. Peace and lots of love to everyone. So thank you for sharing that review. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. I mean, I appreciate all of you guys supporting the show. Um, The best thing that you can do is one kind act today. What's even better would be to take the kindness challenge, do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and do that for seven days. And hopefully you'll get yourself a universal wink. Something weird will happen to you and it'll be just for you. And you'll be like, oh my God, that was was super interesting. Um, If you want to support on Patreon, that goes a massive way. I want to thank Super... Super big thank you to Bibby Tinsley, who increased her patronage. So that's awesome. That happens randomly. I really appreciate that. And Derek Byrne, who, who you know took a moment and tossed a buck in the bucket. So to my patrons, to anyone who's contributed in any way, big or small, talked about at the water cooler, uh, threw in on Patreon for a month or two or whatever, it helps immensely. Thank you so much. So the last thing that I'll say is I'm doing more coaching in 2019. Looking forward to working with you guys. And I'm working with two types of people. The first is we are creating your business from A to Z. Um, Basically, you just need to have that fire in your heart. If you want to level up, if you want to create a business you're passionate about, you don't know where to start. um, It's a three-month program. We take you from A to Z. And the second part is an entrepreneur. You have an idea, but you want to bring it to life or you want to increase the idea that you already have. So you're already successful, but you want to learn how to level it up, be in more congruence, more flow state, more peak performance, more impact, all of that stuff. 
I am happy to help and support you with. Um, it's been a real privilege and honor to be working with the incredible people that I've been working with and uh, open to communicating with you and your company and your people, whether it's training, um, organization, coaching, whatever it is, just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. Let me know what you need and uh, we'll take it from there. You can also fill out the coaching form at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. All right, that's it. Let's get into this incredible episode. But before we do, let's come to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, allowing yourself to come into a state of peace, coherence, presence, and incredible empowerment, ready to take on the rest of the day and into this incredible episode with Ruth Sukup. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a New York Times bestselling author and is dedicated to helping women overcome fear and create a life they love. Through her blog, Living Well, Spending Less, which reaches more than 1 million women each month, she encourages her readers to follow their dreams and reach their goals. She is also the founder of The Living Well Planner, an elite blog academy, as well as the author of five best-selling books. Her practical advice has been featured in numerous publications and news programs, including Women's Day, Red Book, Family Circle, and Fox News. Her Do It Scared podcast launched on April 30th, 2018, and her next book, Do It Scared, Finding the Courage to Face Your Fears, Overcome Obstacles, and Create a Life You Love, will be available in May 2019. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Ruth Sukup. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on the show. You've done so much work, five books, podcasts. You just told me before we started, you hit 50 episodes. So huge yeah. on that. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Podcasting is my new GM. I love it so much. Yeah, right. You just get to have <laughs> interviews with great people, just have conversations and learn about what they're up to in the world. So I'm super excited to have you on the show and learn more about you and what you're doing. So do you want to start by just giving the listeners a little bit about your background and, and what you're up to? Sure. Well, you did a great job of introducing me with my official bio. It's kind of weird to hear, hear somebody <laughs> saying those things about you. But I, you know, I started my business in 2010, at my, which was my blog at that time, my blog, Living Well, Spending Less, not because I had any dream to create this big media empire that it sort of turned out to be, but really because I was at the time a stay-at-home mom of two toddlers. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I was spending too much money and spending a lot of time at Target mostly because my, my husband was at work. I was bored. I had two little kids. I needed to get out of the house. And it started to really affect our marriage because my husband hated his job so much. He was an aerospace engineer and every day was like pure misery for him. And so he, every time I went to Target, he saw that as more time he had to spend at work. And so it was, it was starting to get really bad. We started fighting a lot about money and finally got into this one big make it or break it fight and decided that, um, I was going to go on a budget. He decided that I was going to go on a budget and I decided that I needed to find a new hobby. So I started a blog called living well spending less, which was intended really to just help myself hold myself accountable and give me something to do. I had always liked writing 
But almost right away, I discovered that there was this whole world out there. It's probably, you know, you started a podcast, you probably feel a little bit the same way. You start a podcast or you start an online business and you, there's like this whole world out there that you didn't even know existed before that. And so it sort of opened my eyes to entrepreneurship and the fact that people were turning these online platforms into businesses. And I decided I wanted to do that too. And so I set out to figure out how to make money from my blog and how to turn it into a business. And told my husband I was going to make enough money blogging that he could quit his job, which he then told me was the stupidest thing I had ever said. <laughs> Famous last words. Um, but it actually happened. And in 2013, he was able to quit his job and become a stay-at-home dad. And my business has continued to grow. I've written several books since then. I um, founded a, a, actually a school for bloggers called Elite Blog Academy because after my husband was able to quit his job, I had so many people asking, how did you do that? How did you, how did you turn this into a business that I first wrote a book about it called How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul? And then that just led to more questions. And so I ended up creating this course that has now um, helped more than 11,000 people create online businesses. So that's been really, really neat to watch. And um, founded a planner called the Living Well Planner that we manufacture and sell and help people with time management. And so my sort of focus has definitely changed over the past few years, which brings me to my newest project, which is Do It Scared. Also, the title of my podcast is Do It Scared. And that is really, it just came about because Do It Scared has always been sort of my personal mantra in my life through a lot of hard things that I've gone through in my past and then through creating this business, even not knowing what I was doing, doing it scared. And then it's something that I was constantly sharing with the members of my community and something that was really resonating with, with them as well. And I had so many people coming to me and saying, you know, Ruth, you talk about, talk about goals. You talk about going after your dreams. You talk about managing your time and setting big goals for yourself, but I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm sitting on the sidelines of my life. I feel like I can't move past all these things that are holding me back. There's so much that holds me back. There's so many things that I'm afraid of. And so it really got me curious and, and made me want to dig deeper and figure out what is this fear that holds so many of us back? Not, and I, my audience is primarily women but not all women. So it's universal, but it does seem to affect women, I think, even more deeply than men. And especially women who have spent a lot of time taking care of other people. And all of a sudden you get to a point in your life where like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And so that's where I wanted to dig deeper. That's sort of the, what I, the fear that I address in Do It Scared. And it led me to do this huge research study. We surveyed more than 4,000 people on the role of fear in their lives. And I ended up hiring a whole team of researchers and psychologists to help me go through all the data. And we discovered some really, really interesting things about fear and the way that it manifests itself in our lives and how you can overcome it. So that's the nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. I was, just, I was just making a note of a question I want to ask. All of that is, yeah. is really incredible. And I like how it's a, like a natural progression. And you're kind of just, you know, lop, or hopping, like, I don't know why I'm thinking about lily pads for whatever reason, <laughs> just like, just kind of moving along. Um, I guess what I wanted to ask is a few things, but the first thing is just, there are a lot of bloggers that listen to my podcast. Do you have any like mm -hmm. practical advice for them? Cause I know like I was doing, you know, marketing consulting for quite a while. And what I would always tell them is create content in the field that you want. 
Um, and then, so I have a lot of friends who are in the entrepreneurship space. Do you have any like practical tools for just a few bloggers are out there to start your content? You hear a couple of ways you can monetize it. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the things that I teach in elite blog Academy is that it's the problem for most bloggers and, and online business owners for even podcasters, YouTube, if you have a YouTube channel, any of those things, it's all, it all sort of fits under the same umbrella, which is content marketing. Whether you're creating a podcast, whether you're creating video content, whether you're blogging, it's all, you're creating content. And the idea is that through your content, you're marketing to people, you're creating, building community and you're building an audience that of people that you can then that. And then once you have an audience, you can then monetize that in some ways. And so it's a really interesting phenom phenomenon that's never really existed before. It's very different than the traditional business model that we've always seen for the last, you know, how many hundreds of years. The internet has sort of completely flipped that upside down and flipped the business model upside down. And so the problem, though, for so many people who want to get into this, because it's, it's so accessible, it's completely democratized, anybody can do it, it doesn't really cost very much money, it's so, like, the opportunities are almost endless online, which is crazy and insane and such, like, we're so, like, so lucky to live in a world where we can do this, but at the same time, the problem for so many people is not a lack of information or a lack of, of people telling you how to do it. It's that there's so much information out there. We're inundated with information and it's really hard to know how to make sense of it. What do you do in what order? How do you not get distracted? How do you make sure that what you're doing is actually doing the right steps in the right order in order to gain momentum rather than doing a little bit over here and a little bit over there and a little bit up here? Because it's like, squirrel central, right? There's squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. It goes everywhere. And, and we see all these shiny objects. We see all these people talking about all these different things and we think we're supposed to do everything. So what something like Elite Blog Academy does for you is it gives you a very clear framework to follow. There is actually a path. And I can say this with <laughs> with total and absolute certainty because I've led not just myself through this process, but 11,000 bloggers now through this process. We've gone with, the, we're on EBA 4.0, version 4.0. So we've revamped the course num a number of times. We have all of this data to back it up, but there is a very clear path that you can take to get the most momentum and to get the most success. And so so many people just, I mean, right to your question, the first question you ask is people are blogging. They want to know how to monetize it. Well, yeah, monetization is awesome. And there are tons of opportunities for that. But if you try to do the money part first in the wrong order, you're not going to see the results that you want. What you really need to do is start by honing in on your messaging. You need to figure out who you're talking to, what your messaging is all about, creating that content, understanding your voice, understanding the, the, felt needs of the people that you're talking to and start building that relationship. And once you refine that message and once you really have honed in on what you're going to say, that's when you can start growing that audience and growing that tribe of people who are super passionate and excited about what you have to say for who your message is completely resonating that every time you're talking, they're like, Oh my gosh, this guy, it's like, he's in my head. I know exactly what he's talking about. Like you find your tribe and you start growing that tribe. And once you have that tribe, Oh my gosh, then the potential for monetization is endless because then your tribe is telling you what you need. Your tribe is coming to you just like with this. My tribe was coming to me and saying, 
I'm, I'm scared all the time and I don't have, I don't know how to push past my comfort zone and I don't know how to feel, stop feeling like I'm sitting on the sidelines of my life. That's what my tribe is saying to me. That's why I wrote this book. So just like, and, and so it doesn't matter what you're talking about. Once you've created that relationship, you can start creating the products for the people that they need. And then from there, selling them is easy. It's not hard to sell something that you're creating for because people are asking you for it. And it, it creates this amazing business model, I think, that is so um, organic, but also natural and authentic. And not this, because if you look at the flip side, the traditional business model is starts with we create the product and then we tell people what they need and we try to get more customers and we try to convince them that they need they need to keep buying this thing right it's it's totally screwed up and it's completely changed the the business model in a way that is way more relational and i think um a lot better a lot better for all the way around it's a great way to make a living let me tell you that because i get to sell things that i believe in wholeheartedly and that i know are actually helping people because they're telling me that they need them Awesome. It was a very, very good and practical answer. It's, you know, it's, it's what I'll tell people a lot of the time too. It's just like, you got to um, start with doing the thing. Well, I start with something you're passionate about, but create content first. You're not going to, you know, you can go the traditional way. There is, there is a process. You can do that. Um, but there's also a time for you to get good at it, figure out what market you want to do. Like don't go into cupcakes if you prefer, um, I don't know, engines, you know, yeah. and then once you kind of go over there, you, once you start getting some momentum, you're going to start figuring it out. It's going to go one step to the next. And, um, you know, you, what you shared was really practical marketing vices. Like what is your avatar? Who is the person that you're interested in helping? You got it. We yes. want to help them. And then once you're creating content, you're creating a dialogue with people who are giving you feedback. Then you yes. learn more. And then you're like, you know what? In my research, I'm learning about this and I'll help you. And that's why there's exactly. yoga studios and personal trainers and art workshops and, you know, engines and whatever you want to do. Like there's, there's something that you can learn and the internet allows you a way to share that information. And that's essentially what it is. You're helping people get from A to B somewhere. Um, but you got to know what you're talking about and it takes a little bit of time to do that. Yes. And sometimes you don't even have to know what you're talking about. I mean, honestly, that... I think that if you approach things from a, from a perspective, cause I get that a lot, like, well, I'm not an expert in anything. So how could I possibly talk about anything? Like, let me tell you, I started a blog about living well and spending less. And I was not an expert on saving money. I was the opposite of that. I was spending too much money. And so my journey and what I wrote about from, from when I started, and I don't really write about that stuff anymore, which also goes to show that once you build your tribe, they will kind of go, go along with your journey or they'll lead your journey. But what I what I was saying was, I'm not good at this, but here's what I'm learning. Here's what I learned today. And this helped me today. So maybe this will help you too. And that resonated so much with people because they were in that same stage. You know, they were in the stage where they had little kids at home and they were struggling to find something to do. And so wherever you're at right now, I guarantee there are other people who are struggling with the same things. And if you're just learning what you learned, to, if you're just sharing what you learned today, that's okay too. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up as a point because I think it also comes with like sharing with humility, you know, as understanding like you're not the expert because even when you get to a certain stage, um, there's still more that you can know. And if you pretend to know everything, then, you know, so you know true. a little tiny bit of a bit. But if you're just sharing, you're like, you know what, I did this today. This worked. I just wanted to share because it's actually helpful. 
Yes. You know? And yes. it comes from a very Oh, the place. humility piece is so, so big. That will resonate so much with people and sharing, even sharing your struggles, sharing the things that you've screwed up on or that you didn't get right, though nothing will, will endear you to your audience more than being just like honest about your shortcomings versus trying to put yourself up on a pedestal and come across as the expert when that doesn't ring true. That's really the neat thing about the relational nature of, of the content marketing. And um, it's one of the things I really like best about it. Yeah, I think that's such an important piece too, because you know, like you say, do it scared, which I love. I think that that's really important. And what I've been kind of saying lately is do it ugly. Like mm. what I'm doing is not perfect. I, I have no idea what's going on. That's why I have so many different guests on the show. I am, you know, trying to figure out things here. I'm trying to figure out things there and I'm just kind of doing something. But as I do something, I learn something also, you know, I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that. This is working out. Yes. You need to adjust this and you're creating momentum. It's kind of like if you want to get in shape and you're not in shape, you know, you're looking up all these things. Like right now I want to improve my balance and I've spent like the last week looking up every training device, you know, everything that exists. And that today I just clicked in. I was like, just start doing something, bro. Like you have to do something, <laughs> you know, as you're learning. All this, right. And so True. then with that, you're going to learn and you're going to refine it. So um, I think it's really important. And, and just that humility piece of like actually trying to offer something. Most people is like, how do I make money? How do I make money? Yes, we need to survive. Yes, we need to make money. But you create a business through offering something. You know, you're sharing something. So what do you want to give? What yeah. do you want to learn? What do you want to, how do you want to help? And if you come from that perspective, people will pay you to help them. The money will follow. Yeah. I, oh, I firmly believe that. And it's, and you're playing the long game too. You're playing the long game of knowing that once you create a relationship, you like that relationship becomes sacred. And so you will not want to jeopardize that relationship by trying to just scam your people to get your quick buck. You're going to create real products that are going to help foster true transformation in those people so that they'll come keep coming back to you again and again because they know and like and trust you and you know and like and trust them as well. Yeah, that's a really good point there. I've been wanting to move on to the fear thing, but this is another <laughs> really good point because, yeah, playing the long game is, it's again, like it's an authentic process. You can't just go, oh, just have this, you know, but if you have a direction, it's going to unfold naturally. So uh, another really important point to like give yourself, I like to say, you know, when I train with the Shaolin monks, um, one of them can break stone with two fingers and bigger pieces over his head. Mm. And I was there and I was like, I want to know if this is a trick. Because you can do certain tricks to make things look, um, they're not as hard as they are. But I've, I discovered it wasn't a trick. Long story short, he starts slamming his fingers down on the desk and he says, years. Uh, and outside the academy, there were dent holes in a tree from him poking, not him, just the way they trained the Shaolin monks. They would, they would and the Kung Fu masters, they would poke the tree for hours mm -hmm. a day. And then they would also do Qigong for hours a day over years. And then instantly it clicked for me that I was like, holy crap. If I took like a tenth of that dedication to any direction in my life, anything, I would have to be successful at some point. Yes. If, you know? It oh, was yeah. Like, That's very true. Yeah. But so, so it's not like the so quick fix biohack. We, we quit and we go, this is actually something I talk about and do it scared. So we get to the, we get to the messy middle. We, we start something. We're very enthusiastic. And then all of a sudden it starts to get a little bit hard or it gets a, a little bit scary or starts to feel uncomfortable. Or maybe we have a few things that don't go the way that we wanted them to. And all of a sudden we think, 
oh, maybe I should start something new or that person over there is doing something that looks way better. So I think I'm going to try that now. And so we switched to that one and we started at the beginning again. And then same thing is going to happen every time. It is going to get hard at some point. It's going to get messy at some point. It's going to, going to get to a point where we, it, we feel uncomfortable because that's life. Anything worth doing, anything that's great, anything that you want the amazing results at the end, you have to go through that hard valley of messiness. And if you're not willing to do that, and if you keep starting over, you'll never get there. And so many people quit before they get to the gold. I really like your analogy for it, the messy middle. It's true. <laughs> I 100% I agree. So I want to get into the fear thing because I think it's super important for everyone. And fear is like one of the biggest, you know, diseases and mental viruses of this entire planet. I'm curious about what questions did you pull the people with? And, um, you know, what, what did you get? What, what do you think is important to share in that study and, and in the book? Well, you know, the things we asked were really open-ended questions. So things like, what was a time when you were afraid to do something and you let that fear stand in your way? Or when you wanted to do something, you wanted to go after a goal or dream and you let fear stand in your way. What did that look like? What were you experiencing? Because we really wanted to find out because the type of fear that I talk about specifically in Do It Scared is not phobias. I'm not talking about the fear of spiders and the fear of snakes or, you know, the fear of flying, things like that. It's the fear, the internal fear that keeps us stuck, that keeps us from stepping outside of our comfort zone, that keeps us from going after those bigger goals and dreams that sometimes we have these ideas in our head and then we don't dare go after them for whatever reason. It just feels so scary. We don't want to take that risk. We don't want to, we don't want to try. And what we found when and asking these open-ended questions, because we also asked the converse side, what was a time where you wanted to do something, and, but you were afraid, but you pushed past that fear? What, what did that look like? And um, so what we found was really, was really, really interesting. And that was that not all fear is created equal. So the way that fear manifests itself in our lives is very unique for each person. And it actually falls into one of seven different categories or different fear archetypes that we'd identified. So some people are super afraid of making a mistake. That would be the procrastinator archetype. Um, while other people are most afraid of rejection, the fear of being rejection, which is the outcast archetype. Some people are super afraid of not being capable. And the, the reason that all of this is really important, understanding how fear is manifesting itself in your life is that it's sort of like going to the doctor. If you go to the doctor because you're not feeling well, the doctor can't treat your illness unless he's diagnosed your illness. And this fear is sort of the same way. And so, over, you know, you can say, oh, well, I'm afraid, just like you would say, well, I don't feel good. But unless you understand where that, like how that fear is manifesting itself in your life and what the self-talk is happening in your head, what the underlying resistance is to doing hard things in your life, unless you understand that, it's really hard to start creating solution to overcome it. Because once you identify it, then all of a sudden you can say, oh, I see those patterns in my life. I see what's happening. I see that is, I just, that was help happening self subconsciously. I didn't even realize that was what was happening in my, in my brain, but now I do. And now I can actually overcome it. Oh, that's amazing. I was just going to sit back and just listen. So you, you, please, can you, can, can you go through all the seven archetypes? The seven archetypes? Really profound. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the procrastinator or is another name for the perfectionist. That's the fear of making a mistake. So for the procrastinator slash perfectionist, the deepest fear is committing to something and then getting it wrong. And, or, you know, just that deep, deep fear that you might not do it correctly or do it right. And for the next archetype is the rule follower archetype. And sort of feels similar on the surface, but for the rule follower, the deepest fear is this almost unhealthy fear of authority, this fear of breaking the rules, the fear that you might step outside, step outside the line. So rule followers tend to be very, very rigid and black and white um, because there's so, there's always this like perception that you're going to get in trouble or that you might that somebody, some unknown figure out there is going to crack down on you or you'll be punished for doing it wrong. Um, And sometimes you don't even realize that that is the underlying fear. Again, a lot of this stuff happens subconsciously. The next uh, fear archetype is the people pleaser. The people pleaser, their deepest fear is being judged or letting people down. So the people pleaser is, you know, might on the surface appear to be afraid of making a mistake, but what they're really afraid of is what people will say or how people might judge you if you do make a mistake or if you do get it wrong. So it's, again, it's like nuances, but that is motivation underneath there. And so the people pleaser tends to be more concerned with outward appearances. A people pleaser might be more of, you know, wearing a lot of labels or feeling like they need to keep up with the Joneses because they have that, that, that constant vigilance towards how other people are perceiving them. Um, the outcast archetype, which I briefly mentioned, is the fear of rejection. And so for the outcast, um, the outcast is probably the most ironic of the, of the fear archetypes because to, a, to the outside world, the outcast almost appears to be fearless because what the outcast does is because they fear rejection, they reject other people first before they can be rejected. So outcasts tend to be more of the rugged individualists to the people who don't need anyone else, the ones who aren't afraid to take risks. Sometimes outcasts are the ones who are, you know, breaking, breaking the law or doing things, doing, make, doing self-destructive behavior because that's their way of rejecting other people. Then there's the self-doubter. The self-doubter's deepest fear is the fear of not being capable. So the self-doubter really struggles a lot more than any of the archetypes with negative self-talk or this feeling, internal feeling that they're not enough. And the way that manifests a lot of times for the self-doubter is hypercritical, is being hypercritical not only of yourself, but of other people around you. And so a lot of us can probably think of somebody in our life who just seems like they're constantly picking at everyone and criticizing everyone or making really snarky comments or anytime they see somebody doing something, oh my gosh, can you believe they did that? We can all think of that person in our life. And that is probably a self-doubter. Um, then there is the excuse maker. The excuse maker is also known as the blame shifter. The excuse maker's deepest fear is being held responsible or being blamed. And so they will often make a lot of excuses or always have rationalizations for why they can't do anything or why something is not their fault. They're constantly pushing that off and really always afraid of taking responsibility. And then the final one is the pessimist, which is also known as the victim. And the pessimist is usually someone who has experienced a lot of adversity or hardship in their life. Maybe they've had sickness or, you know, abuse in their past. But what instead of rising above that, 
those hard circumstances, what the pessimist most fears is more adversity or more hard times. And so they kind of get stuck into that victim mentality and don't want to push past anything in their life because they're afraid of more pain and more adversity. That's amazing. I'm really grateful that you did that study and figured those out. That is uh, really important information. And I think that the only thing I want to add is, you know, we might all have bits of that. We might be really hard in one area and, you know, 90% one. I think that all of us experience at least some of those in yes. some capacity. Um, and then my guess is the idea is to not let it um, be debilitating. And yes. so I'll, I'll put it back to you to be like, if there's anything you want to <laughs> share on like, what's the most important information and like solution based, is it a unique solution to each archetype? or maybe an overall solution? Um, a little of both. So a couple of things that I want to say about it. First of all, yes, you're exactly right. We each have a little bit of all seven archetypes within us and they're not, they're not permanent parts of our personality. They can be based, you know, based on where, where we happen to be in life right now. They're, they can be based a little bit on our upbringing and childhood. There's a lot of factors that come into play, but they're not permanent. You're not permanently like stuck in being an outcast or a, or a procrastinator for the rest of your life or a victim or slash pessimist for the rest of your life. So they can definitely change that depending on where you're at in your life. We do have an assessment. I should say this. Um, that if you get the book, the link is in the book, but you can also go to our website at doitscared.com if you'd like to take the assessment and find out what your fear archetype is. Uh, so you can do that. Um, but for each person, you usually have at least one or two that is most dominant and most prevalent in your life. So while you have probably a little bit of all of them and you probably can recognize some of each of the qualities in, in your life, you probably have at least one, sometimes two that is most prevalent and most dominant. And it's important to know too, that each of these have a positive side. So they come across as sounding very negative and they are, I mean, they're fear archetypes. They're not meant to be something that you should celebrate um, completely, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that they're all bad. They tend to each have a po positive qualities to them as well. So, you know, the perfectionist slash procrastinator has a great attention to detail or, and the rule follower tends to have a very strong moral code and they tend to be, you know, be really good at like seeing right versus wrong. So there's always good things that go along with, with the bad things too. Nothing is, nothing is ever all good or all bad. But I think the thing that it's really important to know when it comes to overcoming them is that the first thing, you, once you can start identifying those patterns and say, oh, I am a people pleaser and I do tend to let other people's thoughts of me dictate what I do. Once you, once you know that, it's almost like a switch happens because then as soon as those behaviors start to happen, whereas before they were happen, happening subconsciously, now you start to see them and you can start to replace those messages and you can start to replace those thoughts. For me, I'm an outcast. That's my number one archetype. And I've really seen that like sense of doing this work even, and I have some great accountability partners too, who help point it out to me <laughs> on a regular basis when I do things that are very outcast behavior, when I push people away versus, um, versus trusting people or asking for help and, and doing those things. So once I've been able to see those, it's actually made a huge impact in my life. And the thing that I really recommend doing once you start to identify that fear is then start to really think about 
adopting a new set of core beliefs. And I talk a lot about this in, in Do It Scared. I talk about the seven principles of courage that I've adopted in my life. But And your principles of courage don't have to be exactly those ones, but it's replacing those subconscious messages, those, those tapes that have been playing in the back of your head for so long with new core beliefs. So for me, some of those principles of courage include things like there are no mistakes, only lessons, and that rules are for suckers, and <laughs> that it's, you just keep going no matter what. And so once I have those, those things that are playing in my head, those are the messages that I'm telling myself over and over and over again. Those are what replace the other, the other messages, the other things that have been happening subconsciously. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> you know, when I read books on anything, um, I'm, I like principles, you know, very, very much. So it seems like your book is super practical and I love how you have the seven archetypes and then also the seven principles of courage. That's incredible. I'd love for you to cover that a little bit. The only thing that I'll share is like, you know, in my experience doing extreme sports training with, with athletes, you know, the fear is very real and it's like an actual fear. If you yes. pick this up, you could break your back. Like literally, you actually could die. Some of the freestyle motocross riders I, I work with, like they can die. Actually. Yes. Um, and even if you're just messing around on your skateboard or snowboard, you could, you could freak yourself up pretty good. So how do we manage the fear and then also the skill set of the courage to progress? So it's this really... Uh, finite thing. It's just, uh, it's it's challenging and it's very personalized. And um, what you're kind of sharing here is like anything to go into the core belief is super important. What mm -hmm. are you intending? Where where are you at actually? And when you identify like your archetype or whatever's holding you back, that's your limiting belief. How do you identify that? And identifying it is massive. That's what you know the shadow is or whatever. You're just bringing light to him. Like oh, yes. this is how I'm acting unconsciously and then I'm doing another action, which is creating a result. And yes. that alone is so powerful. So then it's like, okay, I know now what? Well, yes. it takes a little bit of time because the way that your mind works, you, you've had it um, unconscious programming that's just kept repeating. So now that you're viewing it, you're like, Ooh, now I'm aware that I prefer a different programming. It takes a little bit of time to implant and install the new belief. So it's not going to happen instantly. It, it happens over time through your awareness and through your, your repetition and through yes. your own choice. So it's it, what you're sharing is super profound and epic. So I'd love for you to either add on to the rant that I just said. Or, um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel your... like that was like a mic drop right there. <laughs> really or good. Something. No, that's exactly it. I mean, and to your point, fear is actually, it's not all bad, right? Fear is designed to protect us. In fact, in some situations, if you are not afraid, like that's a, that's a survival instinct. And if you're not afraid, it can be a sign of mental illness. If you walk into a truly dangerous situation and you don't feel afraid, then there might be something a little bit wrong with you. But on the other side, we can use that fear. We can leverage that fear. We can start to see, okay, what is the part, what is the negative side of this fear that's holding me back? But what is the, what are the positive qualities of this fear that I can leverage in order to get where I want to be? And, you know, I often say this and I say this in the book too, but courage is like a muscle. So the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And that is the whole point of 
the idea of do it scared. That doesn't mean, courage doesn't mean that you're not going to feel afraid. You are going to be afraid. You are going to have those feelings, but you still have to take the action despite the feelings. And this is what will help you take the action. Having the mantra saying, do it scared, do it scared. I mean, my kids use this. They are, they, whenever they're, they get into a situation that's new or scary, they'll come to me and they'll say, mommy, I just did it scared. I, I kept telling myself, do it scared, do it scared, do it scared, do it scared. And it's one of those things where you can just repeat it to yourself over and over again. And then you have these, you start exactly like you were saying, you start identifying those limiting beliefs and changing the mindset through repetition, telling yourself again and again that things like there are no mistakes, there are only lessons. If you're afraid of making a mistake, it's going to take more than once to tell yourself that. It's going to take actually practicing making mistakes. For the perfectionist, that is one of the recommendations that I have is to practice making mistakes. You have to do things, get them wrong, and realize that you didn't die, that it didn't kill you making that mistake. Now, in, in terms of snowboarding, maybe there are some mistakes that you shouldn't practice on. But <laughs> in terms of taking risks and going after goals and dreams, there are not a lot of mistakes that you can make that are going to be fatal. A lot of, but there are a lot of lessons that you can learn along the way. Yeah, all of that is super on point. And one thing that keeps coming up is uh, Conor McGregor. Most people know it's more the boys reference, but he's one of the most uh, incredible mixed martial artists and, you know, won two championship belts and would constantly say what he's going to do. He's pretty brash, um, but he's lost a couple times also. And there's a book written by his coach is like, we win or we learn. And so if we're not willing to make mistakes, like making mistakes is a part of the process. Failure is a necessary part of the process. That's why I like skateboarding as an analogy in people who skateboard because 95% of it is failure. Mm -hmm. I try all day. If you watch a skateboard video and I invite you to watch one or invite a skate, like even if you're not a skateboarder and you're listening to this, watch something on YouTube like called The Process or skateboard, uh, go to Thrasher and find it because you'll see them work all day. One guy, he tried for like, I think it was, he came back to this spot like eight different times over two years and tried a couple hundred times to land one trick. Wow. You know what I mean? And then you just have one second to see that, that where he was actually successful. So you take that mindset to what you're doing. It's like every time he falls, he's not saying I can't do it. He's saying I, each time I just keep going, I keep going, I keep going. So yep. it's really powerful to have that uh, mindset where you're going to keep going. Um, I just love to ask, do you want to share some more of those courage principles? Because I want to know them, and I think that they're probably incredibly powerful. Sure. Um, so principle number one is dare to think big. Uh, never doubt that you are capable of and know that – never doubt what you are capable of and know that big goals are the secret to stay, getting and staying motivated. That one is so important to me. I talk about big goals all the time because I am such a firm believer that small goals do not spark that fire in your belly. They are not the thing that are, that's going to get you excited to get up in the morning. The big goals, the things that feel like, oh crap, I don't know if I can actually do this. Because to your point, even when you fail, you win and you, you get something out of it. You get a little bit further. You get way further than you would have. If you're always playing it safe, if you're always doing just the things that you know that you can do, where's the where's the excitement in that? I mean, that's where people start to feel stuck because nothing ever changes. You're only doing what you know. So truly 
Dare to think big is the first principle of courage that you have to tell yourself all the time. I'm, am I thinking big? Am I thinking as big as I possibly could? And, and let that be something that you're constantly encouraging yourself to do over and over again. So that's number one. Want me to keep going? <laughs> number two is that rules are for suckers. Never take anything at face value. Dare to think for yourself and be willing to trust your own judgment. And, you know, this is a funny one because it sort of started out as a joke, um, something that I think my husband was telling me about some story in the news where some guy, you know, did, ignored all the rules and got away with it. And I was like, oh, honey, don't you know that rules are for suckers? And it was so it was sort of, we laughed about it the first time, but then we kind of kept saying it. And it's even something that we teach our kids, which a lot of people think, I, I, I'm completely crazy that I, why would you, why would you teach your kids that rules are for suckers? But what I really am teaching them is exactly this, that you need to think for yourself. I don't tell them all rules are bad. Not all rules are bad. There are lots of good rules out there that are rules that are designed to keep us safe, rules that are there for a reason. But so many times in life, I'm, and I'm sure you see this on the internet all the time. I see this on the internet all the time. There's so much groupthink that happens uh, out there. And so we take things at face value without ever stopping to consider, is this true? Is this right? Is this what I really believe? Or is this just what everybody else is saying? And so always stop to think for yourself. Always ask yourself, is this a good rule? Is this a bad rule? Is whatever the conventional wisdom is out there, whatever is being said, is this the truth or is this not the truth? Do the research and be willing to question the status quo. So that's number two. <laughs> Number three is always own it. And this one is so hard for so, so many people, but, and it's one that I talk to my kids about all the time, every single day. But I, I'll say you do not have a choice of how people treat you. You do not have a choice. And usually it's third. I have two girls. So usually it's, you don't have a choice of how your sister treats you. You don't get to choose if things are fair or things are not fair, but you always get to choose how you respond in any situation. And that is your choice. If you choose to let this ruin your day, that's on you every single day. So choose wisely and know that if you take full responsibility for everything in your life, nothing will ever get to stand in your way. And, and it's so freeing. People think that's scary to take responsibility for their lives, for their lives. They want somebody else to blame. They want somebody else to take responsibility for them. But when you take responsibility for yourself, it is the most freeing thing that you will ever do because you never have to be dependent on what anybody else does or doesn't do, on any, how anybody else treats you, because you get to be in control of that. Number four is one that I've already mentioned. That's there are no mistakes, only lessons. Um, and that is don't be afraid to fail because it's always the biggest breakdowns that lead to our biggest breakthroughs. And that's what we've already talked about, so I don't need to say that much more about it, but it's really, it really is so true that every time you lose, you win because you are learning along the way. And if, and the thing that you should be most worried about in life is if you're not having any failures, because it means that you're not trying. And that's really the scary, that's the scariest thing. Number five is to embrace honest feedback, which I think is so hard, for, hard for so many people. We want to, we want to surround ourselves with people who are going to tell us what they want to hear. We want to surround ourselves with people who look like us and think like us and, have exactly the same political beliefs as us or the same everything as us because those people will reiterate that group think and they'll tell us they'll, they'll yeah 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 
But when you can surround yourself with people who are thinking differently than you and who are challenging you and pushing you, that's when you are truly going to be become your best self because it's sort of like sharpening, you know, iron sharpens iron. You're, you're sharpening yourself by, by surrounding yourself with people who are going to um, speak truth to you and tell you not necessarily what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Uh, number six is balance is overrated. Um, this is more for, I would say, <laughs> it, well, I would, I think I know a lot of women that struggle with this idea that we're supposed to be perfectly balanced in all areas of our life. And I think moms especially struggle with a lot of, I can speak to this as a mom, moms struggle with a lot of mom guilt, a lot of guilt for every time we pursue something that we want to pursue, we're, we're maybe neglecting our families or not doing all of these other things. And we have this, I think society has perpetuated this idea too. And, and that's, this is for everybody that we're, that everyone's supposed to have all this balance in all areas of our life. But I don't really think that's true. I don't think that we're called to balance. I don't think that we're called to ha be equal in every, in every area of our life, because all that really means is that we're being equal in mediocrity. And what, what we should be striving for is to be pushing ourselves and going all in on the things that spark the fire, on going all in on our goals and dreams, going all in on the things that we feel most passionate and most called to do in our lives. And then the final one is to just keep going no matter what. And we talked a little bit about this too, but that nothing in the world is ever going to take the, the place of persistence. It is the most important quality that you can ever have or that you can ever foster in your life because so many people quit before they get to the end. So many people quit right before they get to gold. And if you can just keep going no matter what, you will get there eventually. So that's it. Seven principles of courage. My God, that's incredible. <laughs> that's a mic job. I wish I could do a sound effect. That is really incredible stuff. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, all of that is you know, game changing because that's a life, that's a lifetime process. Um, you know, when I was studying Zen and stuff back in the day, I remember one of the things I said, like a lot of these principles, there's not a lot of them. It's not like you have to memorize like 25,000. It's like, you're going to have to remember three and do that your whole life and deepen that because the, the challenges will get bigger, right? The courage will get bigger. It's like how you mm -hmm. exercise that muscle is so incredible. And, um, there's a guy named uh, Jocko Willink, who's a, I think I'm pronouncing it. I love it. him. Yep. Yeah, right? And he's like, discipline equals freedom. He's extreme like, ownership. Extreme ownership, yeah. Yep. So, um, so I'm just, yeah. And then the it's a process thing is, that's important too, because in, in sport and in, in an athlete, like skateboarding is a process. You get better. It's progression. You don't start by doing a backflip. You start by you know, just turning, then going to jump and you just keep progressing and, and, and taking the next step. Um, taking responsibility is uh, incredible. And then with the honest feedback, I think that's really great. And then the next thing you can do is just like request it. If you're open to getting that feedback, you're looking at all these sides of you and all these things that you might not be seeing. And when you bring them into your awareness, some of them might hurt, um, but it allows you not to make the same mistake. It allows you just to bring it into your awareness to make a new choice. And um, when you're talking about the, um, the beliefs part, like what we are conditioned to do is reinforce our beliefs, right? If we're Republican mm -hmm. or Democratic or we like skateboarding or whatever, we're just looking for ways that we like are going to reinforce that belief rather than challenge it because it's safe too. You know what I mean? We find yes. a comfort zone and it's safe and we're right here and we don't like anything else. And you want to think about an archetype, like an old man on a rocking chair, like this is the way <laughs> it is. 
get out of here with your it's very true. vegan soup or something. <laughs> it's very true. And you surround yourself with like-minded people. And there's something natural. There's something to be said about that too. There's something natural about that. It's not that I think every person in your life should be like completely combative relationship, but be careful that you're not only surrounding yourself with people who think just like you and, and say the same things that you do, because if you're doing that, you're never pushing yourself to grow and you're never pushing yourself to, to be anything more than you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much value in learning there because you just seek there. It's not a, it doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be a right and wrong. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, a, it's everything and just get their point of view. Cause from their point of view, they could be totally correct from where they are. And it just might not work for you. You know, one of Bruce Lee's examples was that like, you know, one technique I'm going to use for a 250 pound man is not going to work for a, 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 a tall skinny guy. They're different. No mm -hmm. problem with that. So just see it as like learning and perspective and you don't have to um, take it personally. And the last thing that I want to say was just um, like balance. One of my mentors, David Lumber, Senapass, he's like, you're more, you're more out of balance than you're in balance. When you're driving the car, you're more correcting. But what it is, is those like small percents of correction that keep you on course. Most of the time you're wobbling. And when you're, when you're walking, you're mostly wobbling, but it's the corrections that keep you on the path. So it's okay to wobble. Totally. Yes. So yes. I just wanted to squeeze that in there. I want to be <laughs> mindful of your time because I know you only got five minutes left. We probably have a busy day, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate everything you shared. I think that your book is going to be fantastic. What you shared today was incredibly uh, powerful, simple information, well-researched. So kick ass all around. Um, thank you. <laughs> anything that you want to share, you know, I wish we had longer, um, but anything that you want to share uh, before we go, any final thoughts and uh, elaborate as much as you want? Um, final thoughts. I have one. The final thought um, that I want to just reiterate for people is that when you're doing hard things in your life, it's so important to stay encouraged. So of all the things that you need to do, you know, adopting principle of principles of courage or changing your mindset, identifying your fear, all of those things are important. But you can listen to a podcast like this and get super fired up. And then you, you go out into your life and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to crush it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to do it. Finally, I'm going to do it. And then tomorrow something hard will happen and you'll feel discouraged and that will get you down. And so my best advice that I can give you is to put safeguards in, your, in, your, in place in your life in order to stay encouraged all the time. So whether it's listening to a podcast or watching a video like this, I know we're broadcasting in multiple different places. So whether it's that, whether it's reading books, whether it's, it's listening to audio books, whether it's attending events that fire you up or get you encouraged, but make sure that you're doing that on a regular basis every single day, because as humans, our, ten, our natural tendency is to get discouraged. We get excited about something and then life gets in the way and we get discouraged. So constantly be reminding yourself and building your, yourself up and don't get mad at yourself when you do get discouraged because that's natural and just know it's going to happen and put the safeguards in place to keep it from happening. And then the other thing I finally want to say is that um, if you are excited about the book or you want to find more, find out more about the fear archetypes, go to doitscared.com. We have an assessment that you can take there to find out what your, your specific archetype is. Awesome. Well, incredible work. Uh, everybody go check out the, I think it'd be super valuable for everyone just to go check that out, have a little bit more understanding. Cause it, you know, that I think overcoming fear and understanding fear within 
each individual is, is that alchemy to bring us to success. Just understand it, be aware of it, but then do it anyway. It's just like fundamental life knowledge. So, uh, very powerful work. I appreciate that. Um, I think that's it yet. Yeah. You have anything else? That's it. That's cool. all I got. Drop the awesome. mic. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for your work. And, uh, I appreciate everybody for watching. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. Bye. Yeah. See you later. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Ruth. I found it very practical, very enlightening, very informative. Um, go check out her book, visit her website, Do It Scared, check out your fear archetype. I'm sure that when you um, go into that, you're going to give yourself a little bit more awareness on how you deal with things because it's, you know, that goes into kind of like the shadow work. What are we doing unconsciously that we're not even aware of? So, you know, learning to build the courage muscle, understanding yourself, all very practical tools really did enjoy that episode so go check out her work support her if you like the episode take screenshots share on facebook instagram youtube all that kind of thing i'm all over social media so um, sharing with your friends leaving a review tossing a buck in the bucket on uh, patreon helps immensely so um, i encourage you guys to do that if you support the show because that's what is helping me keep this thing going and i appreciate it um, for those of you guys who are interested in coaching whether you have a business you want some one-on-one -on -one intensive you want me to train some employees um, or you want to work with me one-on-one -on, -one on some heart hypnosis therapy some vision planning whatever the case is uh, the background is very very diverse so i'm i'm working with a lot of different people in different fields from athletes entrepreneurs people building a business, people who are just like, okay, you know what, I'm doing it and we're starting it from scratch and we start with the heart journey, moving towards um, what it is that you want to create and having incredible results over a three-month period. So uh, hit me up anytime, matt at zenathlete.com. Happy to work with you, your friends, um, in groups if you put them together, um, looking to do a lot more one-on-one -on -one and building some online courses now. Um, finally got it organized, did a, did a survey, so I appreciate everybody who took a moment to fill that survey so it can let me know what you guys want what, what you want to learn what you want to dive deeper in so that's it thank you guys very much let's close this out by coming to a state of peace and coherence so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day coming to a place of total peace contentment and empowerment ready to take on the rest of the day Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.